in your Bibles tonight, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 9. Chapter number 9, if you remember, in chapter number 8 of 1 Samuel, the Lord is going to allow the nation of Israel in their rebellion to have a king. They want a king. We want a king like all the other nations. We want a king. And the Lord's going to allow it. And God begins the process of giving the nation of Israel a king. And we find in 1 Samuel chapter number 9 a beautiful lesson on the providence of God. And I want to share with you this passage of Scripture. You'll begin reading with me in verse number 1 of 1 Samuel chapter number 9. And I'll go ahead and give you the title of tonight's message before we begin to read. You can look for it. Some things to remember when the donkeys get out. Some things to remember when the donkeys get out. And I think you'll find... Uh, some help from this passage of Scripture. Let's read this chapter together. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse number 1, Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalisha. But they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalem, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. And he said unto unto him, Behold now, there is in this city a man of God, And he is an honorable man. All that he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go thither peradventure. He can show us our way that we should go. Then said Saul to his servant, But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver, That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then said Saul to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill... To the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water, and said unto them, "Is the seer here?" I kind of like that. Is the seer here? And uh, the Bible says in verse number twelve, and they answered them and said, "He is. Behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for he came today to the city, for there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. As soon as ye be come into the city, ye shall straightway find him." Before he go up to the high place to eat, for the people will not eat until he come, because he doth bless the sacrifice, and afterwards they eat that be bidden. 
Now therefore get you up, for about this time ye shall find him. And they went up into the city. And when they were come into the city, behold, Samuel came out against them for to go up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people, Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this shall this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into the high place. For ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, Set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and on all thy father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family the least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about thirty persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, Set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder and that which was upon it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold that which is left, set it before thee, and eat, for unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And when they were come down from the high place into the city, Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. And they arose early, and it came to pass about the spring of the day that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up, that I may send thee away. And Saul arose, and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. Father, I pray you'd bless the preach of your word. Help me to honor you. I pray that you'd show us you in this text. Speak to our hearts. Convict us of sin. Encourage us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we come to this passage of scripture and in this chapter, Saul, a young man, he's from a wealthy family. His dad's a prominent man. He is an exceptional kind of guy. He's good looking, goodly, goodly, twice the Bible says. He's tall. He's not a Sturgill. He's tall. The Bible said that he was a head above any other man around, Saul. Saul doesn't know that the nation of Israel is crying for a king necessarily. He certainly doesn't know that God has picked him to be the next king. But God in his providence, God in his protective care over his people, 
God in his providence puts the pieces together so that Saul not only becomes aware that God wants him to be the next king, Saul becomes the next king. Now we understand that a king and choosing a king was a secondary thing. But God is going to move and God is going to work and God is going to orchestrate the path of Saul's life in a way that is very precious. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the providence of God in my life. There's so many details in our lives, so many twists and turns, so many variables that I'm so thankful to know that my life is not the product of some cosmic chance. But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I want my life's steps to be ordered by God. And I believe they can be. I believe that's what God desires, and I know that's how God's working. I pray that you'll be encouraged like I have been by the story to consider the providence of God. We'll get to the text in just a moment, but I want you to look at one verse of Scripture with me. Go ahead and find it. Proverbs chapter number 16. Proverbs chapter number 16. Proverbs chapter number 16 and verse number 9 is a very important verse, as they all are, but very important to tonight's message. The providence of God, the sovereignty of God. Folks, I want you to know something. Your pastor is not a Calvinist. I'm not. I don't believe that God created people for hell. I believe confidently that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think that Jesus died on the cross for all people. But I want you to know something. I'm not going to let a hyper-Calvinist, prevent me from believing and knowing one of the greatest truths that we find in God's Word, the fact that He is sovereign, all-knowing. He's Creator. I have zero problem knowing and believing and trusting that God orchestrates and works in the affairs of man. I have no problem believing and knowing that God knows everything. As a matter of fact, I rest in it, and you can too. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9, the Bible says, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Isn't that a fascinating verse of Scripture? A man's heart deviseth his way. Let me tell you something. God's giving you the opportunity to make choices in your life. You are free. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? You're free. You have a will. You have the ability to make decisions for yourself. God designs you not as a robot or a creature of pure, mere instinct. You get to make decisions and choices. How great it is. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to make decisions and I'm free to be me. I'm thankful that God puts in our hearts a desire and a yearning to serve Him. I'm also very thankful and rest the fact that God directs our steps. And this passage of Scripture, we find God directing the steps of Saul. He's directing the steps of Saul, and God is working and moving in a mighty way in His providence. Here's some things to remember when the donkeys get out. How does this story start? This story starts with those pesky donkeys have got out again. Where are we going to find them? 
And so Saul and one of his father's servants strike out to find the missing donkeys. Some things to remember when the donkeys get out. Number one, number one, I want you to remember this. God's providence is working in your stature. Now, this is, seems so simple, but it's so important we remember that God has specifically and on purpose designed us perfectly. We look at ourselves and there's no way God did perfect here, but he did. Let me look at, show you some things in this passage of Scripture. The Bible says, Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. Let me tell you something. It was no coincidence or random act that Saul's daddy was Kish. Not a random chance. It's not a random chance that he was a mighty man, a powerful man. And it was not a random chance, the Bible says in verse number 2, that he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, and, a, and goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he, he was higher than any of the people. Now, let me just share with you something that's very important to remember. God specifically chose Saul's stature. And all of us are thinking, yeah, I wish he'd have picked that for me. Can you imagine being tall and good looking? I can't. Good looking, no problem. Tall, forget it. I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, I want to remind you of something. The Bible gives very specific details about where Saul came from. This was part of their culture, but it's also something that God does because God is making no mistakes. You know what the world wants to tell you? The world wants to tell you that you need to be bitter because of who your mom and dad are. The world tells you you need to be upset because of the way you were raised or the conditions that you were raised in. But God wants to remind you that he is in his providence and loving care. He is orchestrating the affairs of your life. And providence is represented by your stature. Providence is represented by where you came from, who you are. And we can thank God for that. You see, you should never be bitter because of your past. You should never be bitter because of your health condition. You should never be bitter because of the specific personality and traits that God gave you. What you should do is you should thank God for making you very uniquely you and find the purpose that God has for your life because he has one that's perfect. And in Saul's life, God chose to make him heads above everybody else and very handsome because he was going to be the king of Israel. And in your life, God has chosen to put you at a certain place at a certain time for a certain reason. And I want you to know something. When the donkeys get out, and it seems like life has given you a short change or a short stature, you need to thank God for making you the way you are. Putting you where he's put you. And you need to, instead of looking for reasons to be upset and bitter and angry, and insecure, and so self-centered, that you begin to look and see, God, why'd you make me this way? 
I know you've got a plan. I know it is anchored in love and purpose. Lord, in your providence, would you show me what you want to do with me? What do you want to do with me? In my weaknesses, in my strengths, in my shortcomings, in my abilities and inabilities. Lord, will you show me your prophet? I can guarantee you something. God has a plan for your life. And I want to remind you of something. When you feel like the donkeys have got out and life has given you an unfair portion, you remember God in his providence has determined and yearns to use you the way you are. He's faithful. He's faithful. God's providence is in your stature. It was no surprise, no secret that Saul was the way he was. It was no coincidence. God made him that way. I'll tell you, that's the spirit that Christian people should have. Not a spirit of competition that determines and is yearning to be better than anybody else. But the spirit of saying, I am an effective part of the body of Christ. And I have a function and a purpose. And I'm thanking God for making me just exactly the way he did. Does that mean we shouldn't try to be better? No, no, you should be a better you in every way possible. Does that mean we shouldn't be seeking the Lord and seeking God's will? Does that mean we should just sit back and relax and wait on God's providence to unfold? No. We're to diligently pursue the will of God. But I want you to know something. God in his providence has made you the way he's made you. It's no surprise to God your health conditions, your age, your size, your capacities, your abilities. God in his providence wants to use you exactly the way you are. He's faithful that way. First thing to remember when the donkeys get out is God's providence works in your stature. Number two, God's providence works in your struggle. In your struggle, the Bible says in verse number three, And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. He passed through Mount Ephraim. I want you to see this journey. You'd think these were goats and not donkeys. He passed through Mount Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalem, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. When you go through the land of Zuth, backwards through the land of the Benjamites, through the land of Shalem, through the land of Shalisha, through the Mount of Ephraim, you've gone about six or seven miles. Now, when I read that, I want to think that it's, uh, you know, they've been making like a 75-day journey through all these great lands. But it's not very far. Six or seven miles is what folks who've studied it better than I have say. But they've come a ways, and Saul says, you know what? Dad, before long, is going to be more worried about us than he is the donkeys. We better start heading back to the house. But the servant of the Lord knew something. The servant of the Lord I mean, the servant of Saul knew something. He knew something about Samuel, the prophet, who was in Zuth. That was where his home was. He said, we ought to see the seer. We ought to see the prophet. And so they did. The point that I'd like to make to you tonight is this. 
They journeyed through all these places. They were looking for the donkeys. Their lives and their routine were messed up. Their situation had changed. They were not having any luck, so to say. But God was working through the struggle. God was working through the struggle. I don't necessarily just look for this when I'm preaching. Uh, but it so often comes. Have you noticed how often when we're just looking at the Scripture and looking at the Bible, how God is working through human struggle to bring about His perfect providence and will? Have you noticed how often that comes up? I mean, I don't know how often, but I'd say it comes up half the time when you're preaching and preparing messages from God's Word. You'll see a person in the Scriptures struggling, but God is using the struggle. And I want to remind you of something. Instead of being so upset because the struggle is so real, we need to rest in the fact that God uses trouble to bring about his great purpose. God uses trouble to cause us to trust in him. God uses the trouble of the donkeys getting out to bring Saul to the place where he meets Samuel the first time and soon will be anointed to be the next king of Israel. And I'll just have you know something. The struggles of life are real But the struggles of life bring us to the place where God wants to prove himself and where God will prove himself and where God will prove himself faithful. What do we need to remember when the donkeys get out? The providence of God works in the struggle. Works in the struggle. It's difficult, wasn't it? It is difficult, isn't it? I'll have you know something. God is working and moving in the troubles of our life to prove himself faithful. Just remember that when the donkeys get out. Number three, some things to remember when the donkeys get out. Number three, the providence of God works in the simple. Works in the simple. This is just a little interesting little uh, side note. The servant and Saul decide to go find the seer, who we soon find is Samuel. The Bible says in verse number 11, look at it with me. As they went up, the hill to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water and said unto them, is the seer here? Now, this is fascinating to me. Now, this is so simple, but this is something that recurs often in the Scriptures. God working at the well of water where the women are gathering water. Do you remember stories in the Bible where God does a great work, where the Women are gathering the water. I just recently made mention of a wife for Isaac. You remember that? Where did the servant, the servant of Abraham, find a wife at a well of water? Where did Jesus meet up with the woman at the well? I gave it away. Who's at the well? And so here again, there's a group of ladies at the well of water and the servant and Saul come to the well of water and it's there that God uses these little ladies to point Saul in the right direction. Is the seer here? The point I want to make is this. God uses simple things. God uses simple things. What's special about drawing water? There was nothing special about drawing water. As a matter of fact, it was a tough task. Any of you out there remember a time in your life where you had to carry water to the house? Any of y'all remember that? Anybody left? There's several of you. 
had to carry water to the house. That's no fun. Bunch of old people and the Bradley children. <laughs> That's no fun. It's just part of life. Routine, mundane, simple. God's providence works through the simple. I'm fascinated by this. You see, some people have this idea that I can have the will of God and know the will of God if I'll do some extraordinary thing. That's not how it works. I'll just tell you, God will work the simple things in life. God's providence is amazing. And God is orchestrating the events of our lives. And you can look for God to move through simple things. You know what God likes to do? God likes to use just simple faithfulness to bring about his perfect will. God likes to use just basic righteousness to bring about his perfect will. God likes to see people who are willing to obey God today and tomorrow. And be simple and be fervent in the rudimentary, rudimentary basic things of life that just please the Lord. And God works through the simple to bring about the most profound. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I was just reminded of mine and Ruth's love story. She's nervous already. But I'm going to tell you a simple story. Now, how does... A boy from Chilhowie meet a girl from Indianapolis. Well, a lot of you will say, well, she went to Crown College. But I want to tell you a little something about that. Ruth's one of the greatest treasures in my whole world. She probably is the greatest treasure in my whole world. And I'll just tell you, the only reason that we ever met was because a Crown College student was talking about the Lord and talking about what God was doing in his heart and life at Crown College. I always say we met at Walmart. And we did. First time I ever laid eyes on her. Walmart. Hallelujah. You can get anything you need at Walmart. Name brand wives. They're not cheap. But let me tell you this. And you'll not be surprised. There was a young man named Jason Martin who had just finished up, I think, his second year at Crown College. The only reason Ruth even knew this guy existed was because he just so happened, as just a random circumstance, it just so happened that he lived next door to Ruth's aunt. And so Ruth had become acquainted with these folks just on a few occasions. And Jason, the summer that Ruth would be preparing to come to college, was working at Chick-fil-A. And at Chick-fil-A, ran into Ruth. What are you going to do now that you've graduated from high school? I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure it out. What are you doing? He's like, I'm going to Crown College, and it's wonderful. The Lord's blessing down there. It's been sweet. Harold and Pam and... Jonathan and Ruth, they'd never heard of Crown College or Temple Baptist Church or Clarence Sexton. They certainly have never heard of Cody Sturge on the Chilhai Baptist Church, but I'll tell you something, God had. God knew all about it. 
And God in his perfect love and providence let a young man, prompted by the Spirit of God, I know he was, to say, hey, you need to consider going to Crown College. It wasn't long they drove down, visited the school. God did that thing that he does in the hearts of his people. He said, that's it, do it. That's it, do it. Ruth decided to go to Crown College. We met at Walmart. She made me cry over for two years after she broke up with me the first time. But the Lord put all the pieces together and blessed me immensely. Now, I'm just telling you. You know what? I finished preparing this message and reading this passage of Scripture, and all I could think about was this song. It says, let's just stop for a minute and praise Him. And I want you to know something. If you'll determine with your life to just please the Lord, if you'll determine with your life just to wait on Him and do what's right and rest in the simple things, if you'll just say yes to God, I want you to know something. He will move in the most mysterious, amazing way. The donkeys may get out and God lets you know what you need to do with your whole life, but you can be certain that God in love will meet your every need. So when the donkeys get out, you know what we're tempted to do? I don't know what to do with my life. Ah, I don't know why I'm having to deal with this. Instead of responding to the issues of life and the burdens that we bear, maybe we should just take another glance at them and say, Lord, I don't know why you're doing this, but I know you're a God of providence who works things together for good. And I love you and I trust you and I know that you love me. And so however you're going to work this out, the donkeys are out. And I don't know what to do. But I'm just going to trust you. You see, what does God do? God's providence works in our stature, our struggle. And it works in the simple things of life. And we should just stop for a minute and praise him. That's how he's decided to work. There's so much more in this chapter, but I'm going to stop there. We need to praise the Lord for his goodness. He's faithful. And about the time you've got down and out about your bad luck or misfortune. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. That's not the... Spirit of faith. That's the spirit the devil wants to put in you to make you live a defeated life. The spirit of faith says, hey, I'm trusting you, Lord. Because I know you're a God of providence. He's faithful. You can trust him. Those are some things to consider when the donkeys get out. I think it will help us.